I was shocked to learn that a lot of business owners, when it comes to looking at their financial reports, would rather curl up into the fetal position and cry. And it's just like, how, how is this possible? How do you go into business without understanding the business of business? You're listening to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast with award-winning digital strategist, author, speaker, and personal branding expert, Francine Bellaghi. Francine is on a mission to help purpose-driven entrepreneurs to position themselves as an authority in their industry, attract their ideal clients, and impact millions of people globally. Looking to redefine the life you want to live and your best life now? Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. The place to be to hear inspirational stories of thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and Francine herself with practical strategies to get more meaning in your work and in your life. Make the money you deserve and lead a movement to change the world. If you are a purpose-driven entrepreneur, you've got big ideas and great vision, but your business perhaps doesn't reflect that, which means that you are putting all this work, your heart and soul into it, but you are not really seeing the return because nobody really knows who you are. You are not visible to those that matter the most. It doesn't have to be that way. If you are tired to live a life with no impact and are looking to position yourself as an authority in your field, attract your ideal client and impact thousands globally, book a complimentary 30-minute mini-brand audit session with me today, at francinebelay.com slash audit. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I dot com slash audit. This 30-minute call can radically change the way you see your brand and how others see it as well. I only have a handful of these free mini session each week, so book your complimentary session today at francinebelay.com slash audit. Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. I am your host, Francine Belay. We are continuing the season seven of the show where we are focusing on uncovering the money mindset and habit that prevents us from achieving what we want in life and how we can create new empowering habits. Well, I am excited to have on the show today, Rocky Lalvani. He helps business owners to make wiser financial decisions and ensure the business is profitable immediately and everyone gets paid without the need to analyze financial reports. Um, so from immigrant parents who left their country with $25 in their pocket, he's now a multimillionaire who has built wealth the old-fashioned way through automated system. He's going to tell us more about uh, his work and how he do that. Hi, Rocky. Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. I'm excited to be here and to join you today and to help your guests. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show and sharing your wisdom with us. So tell us, in your own words, what you currently do. So I help business owners. I was shocked to learn that a lot of business owners, when it comes to looking at their financial reports, would rather curl up into the fetal position and cry. And it's just like, how is this possible? How do you go into business without understanding the business of business? And so what I do is I help them by sitting in that seat 
in looking at their financials and then helping them to make better decisions on how they spend within their business and spending the money appropriately and in, in making sure that they are profitable. If you're going to put your time and effort into running this business, you should be rewarded. Mm-hmm. And so I help to make sure that you're rewarded for your efforts and the risk you took to start a business. Mm-hmm. Why do you say you think that people do that are so scared about uh, their financial that they rather, <laughs> you know, be somewhere else? <laughs> and so I never realized this until much later in life, but most people don't talk about money. Mm-hmm. When you go to school, you're not taught about money. I have an MBA. They didn't teach me how to build wealth. Yeah. And so I think it's number one, we're not having the conversations. Mm -hmm. Number two, many times money was considered a taboo subject. So people are more apt to discuss their sex life than they are to discuss their financial life, which is if we don't have conversations about money, if we don't talk about it, then how are we going to figure out how to have money and how to be wealthy? And so- I yeah. think that's part of it. There's a lot of shame around it. Yeah. Do you know where where this whole shame come from around money? Why? Because I was discussing that with my previous guests as well. Why this money? Why do we have so loaded meaning and projection and all kind of negative um, emotion? As you say, people rather talk about sex than money even. So why, 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 why? Who, where did this come from? You, who is the expert in money? Can you tell us where this come from? Where are we, you know, where did this come from, actually? Uh, so for, for most people, their money mindsets came sometime between the age of five and 13. And it's because it, it might have been a, a single event or it might be their parents. You know, when you're kids and you always ask for everything and your parents are saying money doesn't grow on trees, right? Mm-hmm. We can't afford that. Um, some people have money mindsets, depending on where they grew up, where they're told rich people are evil. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're told rich people are evil, how are you ever going to get rich, yeah. right? Because you're going you to fight against yourself. Evil, of Who wants to be evil? <laughs> and so a lot of, some people will know like that one thing that they heard growing up and it gets programmed in. And the problem is as an adult, we're making financial decisions based on something that we learned maybe at seven, eight or nine years old. And it doesn't serve us anymore. And so we have to go in and reprogram that and say, money is not evil. Money is just a tool. And money allows us to exchange goods and services. And if we use our tools wisely and take care of them, then we can build wealth. And there's nothing wrong with being wealthy. It's not evil. We're not screwing people over and stealing from them. And well, if you're doing that, then yes, that's bad. But we can build wealth in a way that's honest and ethical and there's no reason we shouldn't mm, yes 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 we're going to come back about uh, those uh, again a little bit later now so tell me rocky what would you say is your purpose so my purpose up front is to be a great husband and a great father to my kids so i have a son and daughter, they're, they're both going, one's in college, one's about to start college. And so I've spent a good part of my life um, having the flexibility to raise them and be part of their lives and, and help do that. So I think that is a core purpose. Um, another core purpose is to serve God. 
right? We be thankful for what we've been given and, you know, to, to, to say thanks for that. Yeah. So that's part of it. And then I think from a business standpoint, my purpose is to help people become wealthy and to keep more of their money. And unfortunately, we, we live in a society where everyone's telling them, telling you to give them money to make yourself feel better, right? You buy this fancy car because it'll make you feel better. Wear this fancy makeup cream because it'll make you look better. They're constantly selling you on mm. what you need to do. And I think we need to get away from that consumer society. So I want to help people build a strong financial foundation so they can take care of their families, so they can serve their communities, so they can do what they love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's uh, so uh, important what you say, okay, because, um, you know, uh, getting away from what everybody else wanted to sell us uh, without us really being in this powerful position to be able to choose from um, um, our uh, powerful place is very, very important. Um, so um, tell me, what is one thing that people don't know about you? Well, I guess you, you t- like most people look at my name and they think I'm Italian. <laughs> so most people who, who don't hear my backstory don't know that, that I'm an immigrant from India. Um, they're usually surprised and shocked about that. And I've, you know, as I've, started to go into my own business, I've started to share that story much more and, and just let people know about my background. But that's usually something that always comes up. If, if we just have a conversation with somebody, most people misjudge who I am and where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. So, so um, when, um, you know, of course, we have uh, introduced earlier that, you know, your parents come, uh, came to the U.S., uh, you know, with $25, and now you have made your own wealth. Um, so what was the story like in your house about money when you grew up? I know that you did talk a little bit with uh, money about your, with your parents. How was it? So tell me a little bit more about how you grew up with um, this money, money actually, blueprint. So my parents came here, they, they moved again, they started over in life and they weren't allowed to take a lot of money out of India. And when they came to the U.S., they, they had friends that they knew from back home. And I just remember as a kid that we very quickly kind of moved up the, the economic ladder. So we started on the wrong side of the tracks and we kept moving up to nicer and nicer places to live. But when they used to get together, they would have conversations about money and how to live in America. So it wasn't unusual for people to share how much their income was. It wasn't unusual. Like if someone said they bought a car, the first question usually asked is, how much did you pay? How much of a discount did you get? Why did you, you know, the money conversations were just normal in in and around us as kids. And so we never kind of had this taboo subject around money. It was just something that was openly discussed. And I never realized that that wasn't normal to everyone else. And I'm in the U.S., so I I didn't realize from a U.S.-based society, people didn't talk about money. Mm, yeah, you are one of uh, the first person actually who actually uh, uh, is telling me that money was discussed widely, you know, and many people that I've interviewed so far, you know, money was a huge issue. We don't talk about money, you know, and therefore this is not something they came up. They have to learn the hard way. What is your hard lesson about money? Because you seem to have known 
quite a lot of money and things like that. Did you have any kind of bad history with money, actually, to really understand what that means to people who have been conditioned um, from the childhood and how it's so difficult to unlearn that pattern today to be able to get on the right side? So as a kid, I just had a dream that I wanted to be a millionaire. I don't know why, but that was just what I had. And when I got out of college and I got my first job, what I did immediately was to just automate all my savings. And that one step is what actually created my financial success. So I had money going into the stock plan, into the 401k, into the credit union. Even after I got my check delivered to my bank account, I had a, my dad had given me a brokerage account and it sucked money out of my, my bank account every month, just small amounts. And over time, I kept turning those levers up and up so that more and more money was being saved. I did get out of college. And what I found is one of the mistakes I made is I was making good money. And so then I was just spending, right? Which is what we all do. Lifestyle inflation. And after a while, I realized that all of these little, little spendings add up to monthly obligations. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, I'm making all this money. And yet at the end of the month, I'm tight. What's going on? And I realized making all these commitments to small payments was adding up to more than I imagined. And so then I started canceling all the small payments and paying off the loans and making sure that I was staying well within my budget. And so I continued to do that. But the fact that I automated everything and I did it early is what created the compounding much later in life and taking those steps. And most people don't do that, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because again, where did that come from? How did you know at that very early age that you have to take those steps? Uh, was it your parents who advised you or did you learn it from somewhere? How, how I, that knowledge came that early? I think we just grew up in an environment where you were taught to save okay. and you were taught to negotiate and you were taught to live within your means. So that was just kind of natural. Um, I was always reading about money and learning. So I think I just knew common sense wise that I needed to save money. And so I knew I, I wanted to be a millionaire. So I have to sit down. We'll say if I save, you know, $300 a month and I would put it in the calculator, how long does it take to double? How fast will it grow? And so I just did the math constantly. And then and I, how long did that take you to get to that million? How did that, how did you how make did, that, so that much? It, yeah. it took a long time. Mm. It did take a long time. I'm trying to think, when did I cross? Um, so everyone, everyone calculates their, their millionaire status differently. I don't like to include my home. I don't like to include my stuff. I just like to, to look at investable assets. And I think it took me till... Probably my early 40s to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but here's what I learned along the way, right? Your first $1,000 is the hardest. Your second thousand's easy. Your first 10,000's hard. Your second 10,000's easy. The first 100,000's hard. The second hundred's easy. So once you, once you clear a hurdle, the second hundred goes much, much faster than mm -hmm. the first. Mm -hmm. And so once you get this, this ball rolling, it's kind of like, 
it's the same thing with debt, right? It starts small and it gets rolling faster and faster. And then you end up with this massive thing. Well, it works the opposite way too. If you, if you just keep taking these small steps, they keep rolling and they get faster and faster. So it did take me a long time. This is not, you're not going to get rich overnight. And if you do get rich overnight, then you're most likely like the lottery winner and you'll be broke in three years. You don't have the money mindsets or the beliefs around money that say you're worthy of it, that you should keep it, that you should invest it. So it is a slow timing process. You can do it faster. Mm. You can do it faster by increasing your income or increasing your savings rate. Mm. So it's up to people how fast they want to go. I took a slow journey that I enjoyed life along the way. Mm. So I didn't want to live meagerly, right? (laughs) It's a balance between the two. And there was a lot that I didn't know back then that I know now about money. So today we can get on a podcast, we can chat about it, we can learn about it. Back then there was, there was no way to really learn that. It was hard to get information, but today it's all freely available. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so tell me, um, Rocky, um, you obviously, you know, Everything seems to be quite going well in your life, etc. So, but do you remember any kind of low moment in your life where you really um, realize um, a totally new significance about what money means in your life? What money means, my. I don't think I went through a, a particular situation like that where that occurred, but I did make lots of mistakes. So, and we're looking at it right now. So right now we're in an uncertain economic time. Um, a couple months ago, the stock market trapped dramatically. And I know for me, when that happened back in 2008, 2009, I know I freaked out. Like you, you, it's stressful to watch your money go down like that. Um, so I think that I've learned now to let go of that and to be more like I had to learn the markets better and how my emotions with money, especially in a roller coaster market, how I behave. And so that was a big learning, I think, going through that, that last downturn. Yeah. And I, I think if people were looking at their account statements back in March, they were probably freaking out too. <laughs> yeah. What about this downturn? How uh, your fortune has been affected by uh, this uh, new COVID, uh, um, you know, situation? <laughs> have you fared well than uh, 2008 because you have been wiser? <laughs> yes. So this time around, much wiser. Um, I, I, and I was in a different place in life. And so we have fared relatively well throughout this particular storm. Um, and it's mostly because, so a good friend of mine always says, you know, what kind of wrong do you want to be? Right. And for me, coming into 2018, 2019, I looked at the markets and said, we've been on a 10 year run. And I don't know when it's going to end, but I'd rather sit and sleep at night than gamble on. I, I didn't know COVID's coming. I don't know what's going to happen, but I knew that business cycles always come and go. Yeah. And we 
been on a 10-year positive business cycle. So I actually just said, I'm just going to go to the sidelines and watch because I know something's going to happen. I just don't know what it is. And here we are. Now, by doing that, I did, lo- I did lose a lot of gains, but I was okay with that. I was okay giving up the gains knowing I wouldn't have the losses. Exactly. The gains, the small gains you have is better than the bigger loss that you have got mm-hmm. if you have kept everything there. <laughs> okay. So now let me, um, t- um, you know, go back to how you help people with, um, you know, the, um, your method. Um, you know, can you tell us a little bit about, how you use the, um, uh, how do you call the method again, uh, profit first method, um, and to help people, how do you get them to understand that framework? So the, the principles in profit first, and profit first is a book by Mike Michalowicz that he wrote, and I'm certified by him to train and teach people and implement the system. But the same principles that are in profit first are the same principles that I use to build wealth. So I've been doing this my whole life. What Profit First does is it it looks at a couple things. Number one, and I don't think people realize this, accountants are not there to teach you how to build wealth. Your accountant generally is the person who reports all of your transactions to the government to say, uh, based on standard accounting principles. And so most of us have a formula of Sales minus expenses equal profit, which means profit comes last. It's a leftover. And if we think that way, and that's our mindset, then we constantly spend as business owners. This system says, wait a minute, let's change the equation. We don't care about the accountants. They're not there to make us rich. So might change the equation to sales minus profit equals expenses. What that means is you pay yourself first, right? That's what I did. I paid myself first my whole life. This is a timeless principle. Everyone's heard, pay yourself first. Nobody does it, right? So the system actually pays you first. As soon as the money comes into your account, we take money out for profit. So your business is instantly profitable. We take money out for your pay so that you get paid because most business owners pay themselves last, not first. And then we take money out for taxes because it's not your money, it's the government's. And so by taking the money and giving it a job up front and putting it in its place, even though this sounds plain as vanilla, it, it works from a psychological mental way. And so by, by putting the money aside in separate accounts where you can't see it, we basically hide the money from you And then you look at your bank account. So most business owners, the way they run their business is they look at their bank account. Do I have money? Yes or no. And if I have money, I spend. If I don't have money, I go get more sales. By taking all the things out that are important up front, when you go to look at your bank account, there's a smaller balance and you learn to be more frugal, which business owners are not taught to be frugal. And so one of the things we do is we teach you how to be frugal. We teach you how to spend with intention and not overspend in your business. And so that's one of the biggest principles. So there's a a principle that underlies this called Parkinson's law. And Parkinson's law basically states that you will use up the entire amount of a resource given into you. So businesses will use up all their resources that they have. But the reality is, is we can do better. So uh, just for a simple example, if I say to you, we need to um, start this new venture and I need to get a new computer system and I've allocated $100,000 to it. 
will spend $100,000. But if I say I need to do this and I only have $10,000 to allocate to it, we, you guys are smart as business owners and, and as people. You can use this in your personal life, your business life. You figure out a way to get it done for $10,000, right? You just saved $90,000 by changing the way you look at your expenses and thinking. Most of the people listening to this podcast are very resourceful. You can figure out ways to get things done when you're constrained. The problem is when we're not constrained, we just spend like crazy. It's just human nature. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that, you know, and uh, the practice law is so true. And in so many domains, you know, you just get spent anything that you've got. You know, if you have uh, five pounds, you're going to spend those five. If you have five thousand, you're going to spend them. So uh, and I love that. How do you get to automate, um, you know, your 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 account? So do you get to open multiple different accounts or do you have to how do you get that? What's how, how what's your system? Are you feeling like you are all over the place and lack direction in your life, in your career, or in your business and aren't sure what you should be doing next? You need to take the five days to discover your passion challenge to reset your priorities and reignite your life as I guide you over the five days to discover what truly lights you up so you can start living urgently doing what you truly love. You can access it right now at francinebelly.com slash passion challenge. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash passion challenge. So the system is to create multiple accounts. So we have an income account where all your money comes in, right? Now you look at this account, oh, lots of money and you start spending too much. (laughs) Stop. We take money out of your income account and we put money into a tax account. So that when tax time comes, the money is there. We put money into your pay account so that you get paid as the owner. We put money into the profit account so that the profit gets paid automatically every quarter. You get a profit distribution. And then depending on the business, we might have one or two more more accounts and the rest gets transferred to your operating expense accounts. So it forces a constraint on how much you can spend and it forces you to become more resourceful Mm. and certain businesses if they have large expenses then they will create other accounts to be able to do that as well Mm. it's 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 highly customized based on who you are yeah yeah so i i i i love that because i did uh, also implement some of the profit first uh, method um, thing but i'm also wondering for example if you have variable um money coming in so obviously 10 percent of five thousand is different than five percent of ten thousand how do you manage the percentage wise because you say that we should look at it but you know if those are variable how do you get to allocate those money automatically do you have any kind of system for that you automatically allocate based on percentages you have to figure out so the book has target percentages you may not be at the target percentages. You might be somewhere vastly different. So the first thing you do is you figure out what your current allocation expenses are and you allocate based on where you are today, right? Over time, you change those allocations. So you keep cutting costs and you keep increasing your profit and your pay. Sales can be variable and and that happens. Once the system gets rolling, it will automatically 
build up reserve accounts and those reserve accounts will help you through those ups and downs. Some accounts, so some businesses are very seasonal. So maybe they get all their sales around Christmas time. So if you have a business like that, most of them will set up what's called a drip account. And what they do is they put all their money into the drip account and then every month they just take out a small portion so that they, they allocate their money throughout the entire 12 months based on that large savings that comes in in the beginning. It does take time um, to build up for the variability, but each month you follow the percentages. And yes, you will have this, but the biggest thing that it's going to force you to do. So what happens is, is when you see there's no money in your pay account and there's no money in, in your operating expense account, it forces you to go, Oh, I got to do something, right? It motivates you to either go out and collect. Maybe you have a large account receivables. It motivates you to go collect that money or it motivates you to go sell more. So it's, it's kind of a, the system is designed to work around the way we humans think and yeah. behave. Yeah. So it's a behavioral accounting system. Mm-hmm. So if, if there's no money there, then you're forced to go out and yeah. do more. Yeah. And I yeah. know most of you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So tell us, um, how can we actually re- live a rich life right now, regardless how much money we make? So how, so a lot of that is mindset. So there's a, there's a website called global rich list and you can go in there and you can put in how much you make and it tells you where you are in the world for percentages. Most people are surprised to learn that if you make about $33,000 a year, you are in the top 1% of income for the world. I'm surprised too. (laughs) Yeah. It's a very, we all compare ourselves to our neighbors. We don't compare ourselves to the world. So if you're making $33,000 a year, you're in the top 1% of the world. Why aren't you happy? Like happiness is coming. The biggest thing we struggle with, I think, is the reflection in the mirror, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody tells you that you're not enough. You're constantly bombarded with advertisements telling you you're not enough, but if you give me your money, then you'll be enough because this product will make you enough, but it Mm. never does. So I think the biggest thing we need to do to be happy today is to face the mirror and realize that you are enough. Wherever you are, you are enough and be thankful and be grateful. I mean, today, if you're alive today, if you think back just just 120 years ago, life was dramatically different. You didn't have such an easy life. It used to be difficult to, to live, and, but we forget about that, right? We have to start our day with gratitude and just be thankful for the things that we do have instead of always being regretful for the things we don't have. Mm-hmm. Do you also get to help um, your clients when you are working on your financial uh, advice or what you do with them, um, also on the mindset side of it? We do. For my clients, the first thing I like to do is I want to ask them if they have clarity on their purpose. Where are you going and what are you doing? And I find that most people do not have clarity on purpose. They're just mm-hmm. drifting. And so the first thing we try to do is take the time and this uh, to, to figure out what you want in life might take one, two, three months of deep thought and work 
to come up with your purpose and your ideals of what you want. And then you have to look at all the different parts of life. So if you don't have a healthy lifestyle, I don't care how much money you have, you will give all your money away to become healthy. Yeah. Right. And so you need to focus on health. You need to focus on your money. So having a system for money is wealth. You need to manage your time. It seems like these days everyone is running so much. It's like, Mm. why? Why are you running so much? Organize your life. Own your time so that you have the time to breathe and relax and enjoy the journey. Um, We talk about relationships. Relationships are powerful. I mean, they open doors. They we're humans. You need to create those great relationships. And then I also talk about having some sort of spiritual life, whatever that means to you. I don't tell you what to believe, mm-hmm. but you, you, we're all connected to this universe in whatever way you want to believe. And so when you have all these different things and then to, to have the right mindset, so to, to constantly challenge yourself, why are you doing things the way you are? Why do you believe what you believe? Most of us are living with mindsets that we created when we we're seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old. We're not children anymore. We need to change those to things that serve us better today. Mm. And so I think it's just, I, we have the deep conversations constantly of how do you build harmony with all of these different things? Because you have to do them all. Yeah, not easy. But how do you figure out how to have harmony in that? And I don't say balance, because nobody yeah. can figure out balance, right? That's, that's, uh, I totally also don't like balance because we yeah. can't get balance. I always talk about integration. Yeah, how integration, you integrate them. Yeah, harmony. Mm-hmm. Like all these things are happening. You have to figure out for you. You have to stop and take a breath, and then oh. figure out how what is important, what's not important. Why am I doing what I'm doing? I see so many people running after their kids for sports and all these crazy things. It's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? Who told you that that's what you should be doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love, you know, your holistic aspect as well. So, and that is a trend with everybody that I'm interviewing. Although they are money experts, you know, they have recognized every single person is recognizing this is like, a whole you know you have to look at the whole aspect of your life as you say you have a lot of money and you have no health you're going to put all the money you know some people wanted to trade all their money for to get their health back so you just have to get sure that we um you know do that and have healthy relationship and uh, make sure that uh, we take some time we connect to our higher spirits you know and uh yeah so that's that's really um, a very pattern that i'm hearing throughout this interview which is uh, very um you know um crucial for people to understand because some people might be just getting focused on money 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 and then just let their health uh, mm-hmm. you know take a, a toll on uh, their pursuit of money so it's really um useful to get people to understand that the whole thing is about balance and uh, not balance but integration at least harmony as you love to say that that's wonderful. So now let's go through lightning round question. Okay. Uh, so uh, when do you travel? Um, do you select your flight based on the cheapest flat or by the duration? So I, I base it not only on duration, but the time that we're leaving. Like I want to time my flights to make the best advantage of the day 
we we have a local airport, but sometimes we have to travel a little bit further to an airport. And I don't want to get up at four in the morning. Like I don't want to have a rushed day. So I, I try to, I do it based on the time of the flight as well as when the flight is. Yes. And then I also will go as far as to look at the seating. Like if I can't get good seating, I won't take that flight. I'll pick another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So now if you just have a laptop and $100, for you perhaps $100 is too much. So to start making money today, what would you do? I would put my laptop down <laughs> and I would go start talking to people and asking them, what's the biggest problem you have in the moment? And if I could figure out a solution for you, would you be willing to pay for that? And how much would you be willing to pay? And if they, if I found a problem that people were willing to pay to solve, I'd figure out a way to solve it for them and start generating income. Mm, yeah, that's lovely. <laughs> and then you keep the hundreds of dollars. You put them you surely the in your savings account <laughs> or do some kind of investment with that. <laughs> Wonderful. <Absolutely. laughs> so what is financial freedom for you, uh, Rocky? Financial freedom for me is time freedom. It's the ability to do what I want, when I want, how I want, with who I want. It's, that is what it's all about. Mm. I do, so the work I do now is it is for me a retirement lifestyle business. I don't, I have no goals to create this big, massive business or anything like that. I just want to work with a handful of customers and that's it. And I want to have the time freedom to be able to read all my books and mm. to learn and to grow and to not be rushed. And so that's the big thing for me is I have the freedom to do things the way I choose to do them. I have the ability to say no. And yeah. that yeah. is just amazing and awesome. Yeah, that's cool. So, and then I was going to also ask you the definition of meaningful work and meaningful life. So meaningful work in life. So there's a concept that I, I heard about recently, and I think it's perfect. It's, it's a Japanese word called ikigai. Yep. I know that. And so it is the, it's the combination of with something that you're good at, mm -hmm. that you enjoy doing, mm -hmm that the world needs and wants mm -hmm. and is willing to pay for. And when yeah. you can find that perfect integration, then money and flow and everything come together. And I've been able to do that with what I do now. It's mm. I'm in that point where, where that flow is coming. And I, I love helping people find and figure out their financial issues and then helping them put them on a path to build wealth. Because if we have a lot of wealthy people, then we can survive COVID. Yep. do the things we want. We have the freedom to make choices and we're not dependent on someone else to solve our problems. Mm. We can handle them ourselves. Yeah. And so that's just, I think, a wonderful place to be in life. Yeah, definitely. Definitely the best place to be in life. So now, do you have any last piece of guidance you would like to pass on to our listeners to do more meaningful work and live a meaningful life? Sure. I, I will leave you one money tip. If you do nothing else, right? If you're a business owner or if you're an employee somewhere, I don't care what you are, take 1% of your income and put it into a separate account and start saving. And three months from now, just up it one more percent and just keep doing that little by little. And over time, 
if you do 1% a quarter, at the end of the year, you'll be at 4%. At the end of two years, you're at eight. End of three years at 12, 16. Like within five, six, seven years, you can be at a 25, 30% savings rate or profit rate by slowly, constantly making change. And when you slowly make change, it lasts, it sticks. And don't steal from yourself. Make sure you put that in a vault that you can't touch mm-hmm. and allow it to grow because money grows if you allow it to. Yeah, yeah, if you don't touch it. <laughs> Thank you so much. So where can people um, find you and learn a little bit more about what you do and uh, contact you if they want to? So the best way to do that, if, if you're a business owner and you want to learn about money on the business side, I talk about that on my um, podcast called Profit Answer Man. And if you want to learn about the harmony side, I talk about that on my podcast, which is Richer Soul. And so those are the two places where you can hear me. Um, you can always email me. It's rocky at profitcomesfirst.com. And there's a website. Both of those podcasts have websites. So if you just go to the websites, you can find me as well. That's wonderful. Awesome, awesome, uh, Rocky, for your time and for sharing all your wisdom with our listeners today. Thank you so much for having me. It was enjoyable to have the conversation with you and help your listeners grow wealthy and prosper. Thank you for listening to this episode. The show notes of this episode of the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life are available on my webpage, francinebelly.com slash podcast. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash podcast. With all the references shared on the show and other relevant resources as well. If you enjoy this podcast and want to show your love and support, Share it with your friends and colleagues on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, wherever you hang out, because this will encourage me to keep bringing you an awesome show. So, and make sure that you subscribe to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the app where you are listening to this podcast. So you don't meet any episode and leave me a five-star review as well, because That will mean that a lot of other people can see this show and it will help me spread this message to many, many more people. So I will see you next week for another episode of the season seven. Until then, dream, act and make an impact. Lots of love.